We're live. All right. Welcome, everybody. Schaefer Baseball Report, another Friday edition. John Easy Cheese Ennison, Andrew, one tool, two tool, multi tool, in house again. And uh, multi duck. Multi duck. What does that mean? Rubber duckies in his little Jeep. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's it's not the, little. Yeah. In his little Barbie Jeep. What color Jeep is that? Manly teal. <laughs> manly teal? Yeah. Manly yeah. teal. You get a teal Jeep and you put big wheels on it. Does that make you manly? Me? Uh, I mean, I get, we were we were at USA Baseball and I walking through the parking lot and he's got a duck sitting on the hood of his car. Like someone ducked you. Someone ducked you. What is the purpose of that? I, I Explain that to me. What does it mean? They just like your Jeep, so they it's give you a the, duck? Just like it's a Jeep thing, like same thing, like Mustang. It's like have, a club. Yeah, it's like Jeeps too. You also do a, a little peace sign. What's up to everyone? With Jeeps? Yeah. So when you, so like when I when I was riding my motorcycle, right, yeah. and you'd ride by the other guy on a bike going past, and mm-hmm. you kind of give the token, yeah, you do, down yeah, low yeah, wave. Exactly. So this is like a like you got to put your arm out the window. No, go, no, you just on the wheel. You just Jeep Jeep sign with the two fingers. Makes me want to go out and get a Jeep. Not, <laughs> not a chance. Not, not a chance. Not a chance. I saw one of the college guys has has a black Jeep out there. that has got some ducks in it too. Yeah, he's, he's got, not the he's only got, one. I mean, like, what happens when your whole dashboard runs out of ducks? Do you re- do you give those to other people mm-hmm. too when you see somebody who's got? Do you take a duck off your you? dashboard and give yeah. it to somebody else? You don't have like a whole box of ducks in the no. back. No. Off where where do those ducks come from? People like, will duck me. I put them in. The I mean, but somebody has to be buying ducks from somebody, right? Amazon's making. Amazon's like killing it on duck Amazon's donuts. Making more money than duck donuts. Oh, yeah. so that's the that's the Jeep thing. Like uh, go to maybe. go to duck donuts. I just saw them there one time. We we bought like two or three. I had I'd never. I mean, I've been around Jeeps my whole life, and it's only been in like the last like three months that I've seen this duck thing. It's just gone woke. Like Jeeps have gone woke, or what is it? There, no? I, well, I think uh, it's kind of that resurgence of like the uh, like the what's it the uh, Bronco? Like like it's like these these kind of Jeeps. Yeah, and then. Uh, I mean, the G-Wagon has been around for a little bit, but like everybody's like kind of tuned, turned on to these. Like it was like when the Ford Explorer came out and then everybody had to have an SUV. Yeah. I think now everybody wants kind of that beefier. I had a, I had a Bronco. I had a same thing as uh, OJ Simpson. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Back then. I loved it. It was, it was just a big box though. There was nothing, you know, that was yeah, back yeah. then where you just got seats and everything. Like just waving exactly, around man. Yeah. It was, it was massive. Broncos are nice. My parents had, yeah. yeah. When I lived in Colorado, my parents had a Bronco. No, I don't even know if it had seat belts. But we used to just ride, you know, we'd, you know, you'd drive around yeah. somewhere. You'd just sit on the, on the armrest, like, up by, like, you didn't. Yeah. It was like, I was growing up, but we, we'd drive down the expressway and you see kids laying on the back dash, you yeah. know, on the back of it, like laying up against the window and things like that. No seatbelts or anything like that. Well, you guys watching the playoffs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah been, the- been some good games, been a couple blowouts. So, yeah. Been a good mix. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Yeah. It's exciting. I don't think any of us picked this, this, uh, this scenario, though. I mean, I think Houston might have been in the pick. The um, one thing I did say, well, I mean, I don't have the other the other side. I'm completely off. But I said whoever won uh, Philly and Atlanta was going to win it all. So I'm technically still in it. I, I hope Philly. I hope Philly does. I like watching Turner and I like watching Harper and yeah, Real Muto. They got such a good team, yeah, man. Yeah, and it's Dusty. Like, like, like watching Dusty of, waving people around. It's like a bunch of lumberjacks that show up. It is, of, and they're just we're going to hit bombs. They get yeah, uh, yeah. No, I I don't like I don't like the. Um, I don't like how long the layoff was for the top teams. I think th- the the top four records were gone in the first, you know, yeah, after right. the, and, and then they get layoff. Yeah, they got to find a way to to readjust that. I think they need to reemphasize winning your your division and making that a bigger thing. But adding more teams to the playoffs and 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 making this thing last right. longer, that's not the right answer. You know, you want exciting baseball, so you know having a wild card jump in there and things like that. But having all these wild card teams that won ninety games in it and stuff yeah, like that, neither yeah. and now you know the team that won it, they they clinched in the middle of September. Yeah, and you know, so they've been. It's just like this is you're not getting the best product. I saw someone posted something saying they should go to, a, um, they should cut down fourteen games and then start playoffs earlier. And I thought that I mean that, that wouldn't be a, a bad. I, I think game. you need to reemphasize winning your division. I mean, there's already three divisions. There's yeah. only two divisions when we were right. younger. Right. So they added the third division. So they get the one wild card. Then they added another wild card. Then they added another wild card. And they're going to keep doing what the NBA does, where teams that are below the average in the league make the playoffs. You know, over half the league makes the playoffs in the NBA. Yeah. No yeah. good. You know. Yeah. I mean, there should be. There, you shouldn't be penalized for for being good. And another thing to think about. All the number one seeds, they're gone. 
right? That's what I'm saying. Right. So those, so they're they're having to wait an extra what week is it? Over a week and a half. So some of their guys kind of fall out of groove. I'm sure you guys. I mean, you get in a groove and and you, you just keep going throughout the playoffs. Three days. Well, you gain momentum. You get gain momentum. You got to go. Yeah. yeah. But it, you know, it's all TV rights too. I mean, they already they set the you know they set the schedules for TV and commercials and it's it's you know it's all dollars. I mean, sure. we're we're talking from a baseball purist perspective of how it should be it's not from you know i mean once once you get past the clubhouse it's all business right it's not you know it's it's not what's pure for the game it's not what's right for the game but um you know i i did i it's just how about i i love watching harper i don't you know i don't care what anybody's ever said about the guy he's an absolute gamer you know i like watching trey turner um yep. you know he's he, he's special i mean i'm not a i'm not an altuve fan but he steps up in the playoffs, man. He does, and uh, he he's a producer. You know, you go around that you go around that field, though. I mean, there's a lot of guys that you don't know, you know, names that you don't know. But the, the Alonzo guys, freaking um, Alfonso guy. He's, I mean, he they're amazing. I mean, they. But everybody's looking to launch. You know, everybody's looking to launch. Well, I mean, all all the ballparks except Arizona right now are set up for launch. Right. They're all band boxes. Yeah. I mean, you know, how many? routine fly balls have you seen that are being caught on warning tracks right now yeah it's like what, i mean that's uh, that's just them taking two or three steps back because they're playing that deep oh, yeah. to begin with yeah. i mean they're, they're playing back there i mean they lean against the wall between pitches yeah <laughs> uh yeah i mean yeah. I, I like home runs as much as everybody well maybe not as much as everybody else as a pitcher but uh it seems like these these ballparks and it's not even the corners in center field you know the center field it says 400 and the corner says you yeah. know, 325 330 right but these i mean they're just built straight in Mm-hmm. So there's no power alley. There's no, yeah. there's, you know, out here we're like 375 in our gaps. Yeah, I mean, it, our field it, plays bigger than, than these so major league ballparks yeah. are playing in right yeah. now. Waddell plays way bigger. Waddell's <laughs> massive. It's yeah. like Yellowstone. Yeah, Waddell, Waddell is big. But um, so you think we see more home runs, obviously, we, you know, the, the, there is a, a stock answer to it. But, you know, everybody's taught to launch and everybody's taught to throw velo, right? So you see more. Um, more guys just trying to just try to get the ball in the air. Right. Then, yeah, I mean, then, but then you get the guys out there that, and there's not enough of them pitching this way. That let's say 95 is the new norm, right? In the big leagues, I mean, you get 94, 95, 96 in there. But the guys that are that are you know 92, 93, that you know can can mix things up. That's that's not the norm. No. You know, that's uh, and and pitch counts are higher now because there's more swing and misses, right? So people are going, well, like, why are you not letting somebody go deeper into the game? But their pitch count is up there. But I don't know. I'm, I, you know, there, there was a period of time where we completely guarded and watched pitch counts, right? But there seems to be almost a stock number that, or stock amount of innings that somebody gets to that that they're that they're out of. But I mean, but the, probably the biggest the biggest thing for starters is that they don't want them facing a lineup the third time. Yeah, I mean, so they've got a so so you know. You, you know, it used to be you would try to do, you know, you would try to do that in 60 or 75 pitches. Now the guy's like, well, I'm going to face the lineup twice. It doesn't matter if I throw 90 or 100. You know, I'll go right. up to my 100 and use it in those two innings. Um, you know, I'm, I was going to jump back on something else. You said. I mean, part of the reason these teams are where they're at right now is because they have more guys that do hit home runs and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a natural cycle that happens in the playoffs where you're going to see more home runs. Uh, but it's uh, you know I think the ballparks that are there like really cater to it as well. You don't see uh, you don't see very many you know everything's adjustments right. So if you're going to go through the lineup, if you can get through the lineup three times, put it this way for the for the first two times through the lineups, there's no adjustment. I'm just coming at you right, and you're going to swing whatever. But if you are, you know, in, in the past, I mean, you'd get down through a situation where, you know, you're charting pitches. Okay, all right, so I threw this guy two fastballs first time up. You know, first pitch, now I'm going to spin something, change something, do something different, try to keep guys' hitters off balance. Not everybody's really trying to keep off anybody off balance because even their breaking balls seem to be power pitches, right? Guys are throwing, you know, guys that are throwing upper 90s are throwing 90-mile-an-hour sliders or better. Um, you know, and you see change-ups at 88, there's still a delta in there in terms of, you know, the, the speed variance, but not enough of them. I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't, you don't see – I mean, I remember watching guys like Hersizer and Blylevin and, you know, some yep. of these guys back in the day. And, I mean, it was a 20-mile-an-hour difference 
that, that right. the batters had to cover up. Right now, I mean, you're seeing, you know, a fastball's 95, a, a, a cutter's 88. Yeah. There's, I mean, you've only have to worry about like that seven mile per hour, eight mile an hour differential there. It used to be, you know, you got this big breaking ball, then you got a fat, you know, a riding fastball. I mean, these guys can yeah. cover up 20 miles an hour of variances that these hitters had to adjust to. And we don't see that nowadays. It's just, it's just, you know, overpower them as quick as you can. Right. Overpower them. Overpower them. Same thing with the batting. You know, the same, it's just kind of the same mentality at the plate. Overpower it. Doesn't matter if you swing. It's just, it's just moving the fastball around the zone. Mm-hmm. So seven years ago, in the playoffs, what do you think the average starting pitcher threw as, as far as how many pitches? I'm going to say 104. 104? What would you say, John? 96. John's close. 90, it was 92 seven years ago. What do you think it is today? Or th- uh, th- this year is playoffs. What do you think the average starting 80, pitcher is throwing? 84. 68. 68? Mm-hmm. In the last seven years, it's dropped that much. Yeah. 68. And you'll have a couple guys, outliers, like someone threw over 100. Nola went pretty yeah. high. Nola, yeah. yeah. There's a couple guys, but there's there's some that they go 60 and they're done. They're out. Well, I mean, going back to Nola. Okay, so one of the things that he can do that's a little more old school is he's got that much slower breaking ball. So, again, he's got a, a bigger variance that guys are having to cover up. So, while his fastball is below, you know, below the 95-3, right, right. you know, I mean, he pitches 92-94. Uh, but he's got you know, he's throwing this pitch in the seventies. You know he's got this breaking yeah. ball that breaks into the seventies. It's like there's there's a lot of value to that. I mean, and there will be a bounce back to that at some point. You know, there's going to be those those teams that are always looking for values. You know, Tampa. You know, they'll find a way to sure. mix in some of these guys that are going the opposite direction. Find you a couple of Jamie Moyers. Yeah, there's there's no none of those guys out there now. Mm-hmm. There's no Jamie Moyers whatsoever. Can you imagine around. what a knuckleballer would do these days with it, with these kind of swings? Sure. <laughs> Yeah, somebody needs to reinvent the knuckleball. I saw a guy, a guy in San Diego. I think they called up a guy that knuckleball. threw a knuckleballer. Yeah. You don't see very many submarine guys anymore either. Mm-mm. You know, very few. And if you do, they're more lefty than they are anywhere else. You're seeing guys that are dropped down from the left side. You know, or getting or getting that getting that arm slot. Maybe not dropping down, but becoming more of a side armor type of thing. Getting yeah, what real they, low, what they real call low them, three quarters. Calling the breaker breaker ball a sweeper now instead of uh, instead of we call a slurve or a curve yeah. or a slider. But it's just something that just keep, just keeps taking just across, across, just runs across the zone. How come? How come? The twelve to six isn't taught much anymore. Too hard to throw. Is it too hard to throw? I th- uh, that would be the easy. That would be the pitch that I think I would teach. You know, you would teach a young kid to throw because it's 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 like the football toss, right? But it's just it's just pulling down. There's no. There's I not. Mean, I mean, the guys that have really great twelve to sixes. I mean, there's a couple. There's a couple guys that that didn't have great velocity. You think like Barry Zito that was a mm-hmm. big velocity guy. He just had just naturally was able to get that that yeah. hand action, I guess, on the pitch. But uh it's it's a difficult pitch to throw and it takes a ton of you know Nolan Ryan had a great 12 to six. Some of these guys they threw very hard. Yeah, once you my video get a hit off that 12 to six. Uh, you have to throw very, very <laughs> so you know how nasty it was. <laughs> I mean, you hit it. Never mind. It no good. He good. threw to my bat speed. I'm like, what is this guy thinking? <laughs> it takes a ton of velo to throw a true 12 to sixer. Right. Uh, it's much easier to throw either a slurve or a slider that's got some action on it that you can, you know, as far as just throwing balls and strikes, it's easier to keep it in the same zone. plane too. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's come, it everything's coming out the same plane. Kershaw's got a 12 to six, but you know, again, that's, that's gone down. It, you know, it's not as effective as it once was when he was throwing 94, 95. Right. Now he's throwing 86, 88. Yeah. It's like, okay. This is it for him. I think so. Yeah. I, think that, I mean, Wainwright had one. I mean, he's done now too. He had a 12 he, six. he actually went the opposite direction at the end of his career too, where he wasn't chasing, trying to throw harder anymore. Yeah, he just, he yeah. shortened up and he used his height so he could yeah. be on top right. of that breaking ball even more. So he and was over curveballs but it takes a lot rainbow it takes a lot of rpm to get a, a real good 12 six and you don't see guys throw enough i mean you guys don't you know you don't go out there for seven innings in the minor leagues and, and develop your curveball no. and you know stuff like that anymore. no they take what you have and they try to make whatever you have you know fit, yeah, it, fit it, the mold that they it, did. it did used to be it used to be important to um to win at the minor league level and more because it was a lot of privately owned and now that MLB is taking over the minor leagues, more or less, you know, it's all completely developmental. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, you know, certain guys going to get X amount of at-bats a year. Certain guys going to throw X amount of innings. And then everybody else is just kind of a filler. Um, but there's no real, 
you know, John, you know this as well as I do, man. It's there's no development once you get to that level, realistically. There's nobody taking the time to, you know, to work. now pitchers probably more than hitters or anything else. But once if you're a position guy or you're a hitter, you're pretty much figuring it all out on yourself. And the other thing that I'm that I'm seeing on the college level is there's very few, even the higher level college, even the power fives that have hitting coaches. Mm. You know, they pretty much set up the machines, they go, you hack, you figure it out, and you better show up and understand how to hit you know and if you have issues there's not really somebody that's going to say hey let's get on the video let's go let's go work on this go work on that it's pretty much you know go take care of it on your own mm-hmm. you know nobody you know you're expected to walk into these situations prepared to hit yep um you know i i think uh it's i mean it's so difficult like it used to be far more you know, like you were saying, the minor leagues, it used to be far more, you, you know, your numbers mattered more, right. your, you know, winning and losing mattered more. Um, and and, it, and it, there was less emphasis on how you did it as opposed to doing it, mm-hmm. figure out, figure out, figure out how to get it done. If you, yeah. you know, if, if, if you need to be a 280 hitter because, and you can play some defense, figure out how to hit 280. Right. If, you know, if you need to get guys out, like, I don't care if you throw 95, figure out how to get guys out. Now it's, you know, you're not going to get to that point unless you hit these thresholds. Mm-hmm. You know, they've kind of reversed how they, they look at guys. And so you end up with a lot of guys that look exactly the same in the big leagues. You know, I mean, some of these, all these guys that come out of the bullpen, you could put them on. Anything. You just, you could, sure. You could literally yeah. just pick yeah. them before the game that day right. and put them out in that bullpen. And with that, with, with, with outside of a few exceptions, I mean, these guys all are coming out. They're throwing fastballs up in the zone. It's all the same. They're throwing a yep. slider. You know, you, you, you know, guys, that if a guy has a changeup right now, that's, I mean, that's exceptional. Out of yeah. And you're not seeing very many changeups anymore. Right. It's fastball slider, forcing fastball slider, throw it in, throw it in, throw it in, slider, slider, slider. And it's like, you could take that same guy, same stuff and just keep moving it around. There's no variances. You know? you, uh, you guys think the, uh, the elimination of the shift has been good for the game? I mean, I think there's arguments on both sides. I mean, I mean, a couple guys, a couple guys this year that struggled last year, like say Bellinger, had a, a much better year this year. Was that because mm-hmm. of the shift or change of scenery? Right. Uh, it didn't seem like the batting averages went up. Did I think. It, I think. Did, what did, 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 I mean, can you look up? Can you look that up and see what the major league batting average was this year? Yeah. I mean, it's been plummeting for years and years and years. Yeah. I don't. I think it may have held serve this year, but I don't think it. You know, I think what you've seen is um, the second base position has gone back to being somebody more athletic and more able to fill their position than, you know, you're constantly running a shift and then you put the second baseman in the outfield and you're bringing the shortstop over to the dirt. You or know. you're using a third baseman type over or there. Or you're using a third baseman over there. Like a, a right. one-step guy instead right. of a guy that can go track down some. Right. So, I, I mean, I, I I like the kid from Philly. I mean, he's, he's you Not. know, yep. I, he's he's a heck of a second baseman. Um so I, I, that that's the point. You know, there's so many. There, there have been so many changes in the game that are kind of frustrating to watch for me. Um, I, I, I'm all about listen. Don't I, I get it? Don't take out the catch. It's like blindsiding somebody. You know, I mean, there's a certain I, I, that part I take care of because that that can be violent. And that can that can really really end somebody's career. Right on a um, on a greater ratio than taking out a second baseman that sees something coming and knows something's coming. Um, but watching guys turn double plays now is boring to me. No, it's, you there's know? nothing to it. It's boring. I mean, there's, you just step the on the bag and turn on. It is. Safest place in the world you know? is that second base bag. And uh, we got to thank Chase Utley for that, right? I mean, but, you know, the, the game, the game, the game, the game, as far as aggressiveness on the base paths and doing certain things to break up double plays or, you know, that that's gone. I mean, that was a big part of what we, what we did. I mean, if you went in and broke up a double play, say you had, you know, let's say you had, um, first and second right middle's playing for a double play obviously and you know you go out and you take out the second baseman he throws the ball in the dugout you score a run you know now there's no pressure to it you no, know? they're not even sliding it they're just peeling off yeah they're like, peeling off the they're bat. out it's like i'm not even well that whole thing pisses me off too but it, you know the, the guys don't run out fly balls i mean listen yeah they are the greatest players in the game right i mean when you're there you're one of the best 800 in the world like you should be catching a fly ball but you know you also should be you know trying to do you know respect to the game you know, I'm watching guys. It. I'm watching guys hit ground balls second base, and they jog. It's an automatic double play, and they just jog in the first base. I love when every once in a while they'll do that oop to you, like an infielder will let the ball land, and, and, and yeah, then, and then the guy was just was just big lipping it down to first base. Yeah, like that. So end of end of uh, coming to the end of our fall season, another year. This has been 16 years, man. 
16 years of going through this travel showcase stuff. And there's been, there's been an evolution in that as well. You know, you see, I see a lot of watered down talent. You know, you see, you see high level teams, high, high level teams. Basically you see very few kind of next tier type of teams. And then you see a lot of, you know, a lot of bottom feeders. Mm-hmm. Um, There's just so many teams that, I mean, it's forced to be watered down. And rec baseball is just, it's, it's, it's dumb because they take all the best players leave there and go play travel baseball. It's yeah. not even, yeah. It, it's, it's, it, used, it used to be, you know, okay. After they're 12 or so. Then, yeah. Right. Then you, uh, nowadays it's like, I mean, there's like eight, you know, it's like machine pitch travel baseball. Yeah. It's all tournament. It's all money, man. It's all business, right? What is that? It's it. Uh, you know, you want the kids that want to play to to be challenged and things like that. But it's 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 just it starts to get watered down there, and then it starts to get competitive. It yeah. starts to get competitive there. So you got all. I mean, literally. I mean, at eight and nine and ten and eleven and twelve, there's recruiters. There's people calling and recruiting know, players on right, the teams. Right. I know, you know. It's, it's, it's we I mean we 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 hear it all the time we from our families you know this guy's called and you know um who the heck was uh combine was calling so oh Glober um you know or P27 one of those one of those two one of those two two groups was calling Glober trying to convince him to come down there and you know so they're even recruiting in the you know in the in the academy scenarios I mean we're going to do the academy mm-hmm. But I'm not picking up the phone and calling somebody to come over here. If you want to be here, be here. Be here, be here, right? You see developed players that are on the field that get attention and, and know how to play the game right. And, yeah. You know, I mean, what else What, what else is there? Listen, we I, play I, these teams that, we play, uh, we play these teams, that, you know, 12U every weekend. Right. And, then, you know, it'll be some team name that you know. And you'll go in there, and they'll have six players on that roster. And they just – they go and pick up – Guest yeah. player. They call them guest players. They right. go pick up guest players every weekend. I mean, they got 12 kids, 13 kids sitting in the dugout. You know, they got four. At 12 kids. years old. Oh, yeah. This is, well, this was at 11 and 10, too. Wow. But this year, you know, at 12, I'm, it's like they have six players on their roster and they just and they just funnel all these other kids. So, you know, there's you could play three different versions of the same team yeah. or three different iterations of the same of the same team name. You know, you go there and it's like, well, who do they got today? You know, who, who's right. oh, the kid from that team's over? Uh oh, you know, yeah. like, oh, geez. Like, you know, what are you practicing with? Like, you know, what happened to team? See, but, I mean, again, it, it, well, that's you know, we've done that forever, you know, and uh, I think our, our, our role is always our job's always been to prepare the kid for the next level, and we have this conversation with the parents all the time, and I get it, you know. A guy that's going to be a pitcher at the next level, but plays a position on his high school team, right? It's still, you know, it's it's not our responsibility to make sure he's prepared to play his position on the high school team. We got to get him ready to to step into the college level, and that's that's the greatest differential, I I believe, right, from high school to college. It's all, and, it's, and so especially, especially if you're going now, through a Division One level, right? And you, especially now with COVID, everything's kind of got elevated. Right, you're playing against bigger, stronger, older, yeah. older guys. But so you know these guys, these guys, they, they step into a scenario that they have to make adjustments more than coming out of college and going into pro ball. So you got drafted out of high school, right? So you stepped in and you played against a lot of high school guys. You know, other guys that were drafted or guys that were coming out of, you know, uh, Caribbean place that were young. You know, and you were all kind of feeling your way up, and you were you were graduating up in in the same scenario. But um, now you're talking about Andrew in college, you know, especially, I mean, you got, you got men out there, you got 24, you know, you know, you got 18 year old guys going in out of high school playing against 24 year old men that have been in school for five or six years. And uh, I I get, listen, anybody that wants to play this game, long as they can play this game, play it. Right. And if those are the rules and that allows you to do it, but at some point, these are guys that are in college baseball that should be getting released from double A or A ball. You know, that didn't even survive the uh, didn't even survive that journey. What was COVID three years ago? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we, we had this, that same conversation with the Schaefer baseball report. Then we're like, how long is it going to last? And obviously right. it's it's still going. So, right. I mean, we're already through the 2024 class. It was a four year. That was going to be a four year deal. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see one more year, kind of one more year of these these older guys. Hold on, because you got all those guys that came in as freshmen that got yeah. the year and stuff like that. So we'll start seeing that level off a little bit. Uh but yeah, you're. I mean, they're they're going to. That's a that's a huge jump, you know. It's it a more, and it's a much more common jump than like the professional ball jump. So I mean, it's, it's it definitely makes more sense. For our right, team. you're going from high school baseball and even even the showcase though, because we're talking about watered down situations, right? So, 
you know, I mean, we have all these big organizations out there and, you know, the dynamic and the, and the impacts and that are putting on all these tournaments. Okay. So because they put them on, you think you're going to go somewhere, especially if they, you know, if they're promoting a college venue, which, you know, you may get one game on if you're not part of that organization and you're going to play against these, these organizations because you think that they're going to have good teams and, it's not always the case, man. No. It is, it is, it's, it's, it's far from the scenario. Then it's even when you go down to perfect game or, you know, a, a PBR event, you can get in a pool where you're loaded with dudes, right? You're like, okay, man, this is a grind all the way through. You better have the arms. You better. I mean, I played in, in the world wood battle last year with 12 guys. It was brutal, yeah. you know, but to, you know, to your point, then there's guys in there that, that have plenty of dugouts, but you can get into a bracket that only has, two high level teams yeah you may have seven teams in your or eight right. teams in your bracket and yeah. there may be only one team that you have to you have to battle for or vice versa you could sit in that bracket where you got four or five teams yeah where like, you, you're like man here we go this is this is not going to be easy to you know to pull off two wins or three wins and you know then then hopefully move on but you know obviously every year in those situations certain organizations get in there because of that you know they they have their their highest level team that's that's basically free right everybody else underneath them across the board um you know is is just well, there just there to feed the, those guys supplement the arms for that type sure. of event so i mean they're sitting there they're not worried about having enough no they usually have too no. much pitching and somebody's going to go home mad because they didn't get to touch the rubber. a lot of people are going to go home mad because you know you got 24 guys in there on some of these rosters right literally 24 guys in the dugout and you've been playing with this group all year long and then you're not playing when you go down there and the family's going down and spending thousands of dollars to stay and watch, you know, that, that's the piece, that's the piece I get, you know, parents don't want to come watch the, you know, unless they've accepted it, which, you know, it's, it's never easy to get, you know, to, to accept it. But, you know, if your kid's a PO, you know, then, you know, this is his job. This is a responsibility. This is his next level stuff. And this is honing his craft to be better at that level. Um, but, you know, to go there and sit and watch a whole weekend unless you love baseball and you just want to watch baseball. And we have families that do that. I mean, the Wayne Scott's are there all the time. Right. Yeah. I mean, they just, Aiden just likes to be around every now and then he pinch runs. And if we need him, he, he jumps in and he, uh, and he plays, but you know, Aiden's next level is going to be a pitcher. Right. So you're scheduled to pitch on this day. You are welcome to come. You, you can come on this day and you can leave after you're done if you want, or you can hang around. And I love and, it when they hang around. Oh, it's the best when they hang around. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, 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 um, Listen, the the dugout, the dugout for us. I mean, being able to be around young kids like this all the time, and it's and it's a recycle, right? It never changes. It's the same ages all the time. They're some of the most interesting characters out there, man. They're they're trying to figure out who they are in the world and what's their personality and you know what's their what's their uh, what's their position on the team. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because. Chad Matthews is one of them, right? I mean, Puka. We call him Puka because he wore Puka shells for everything now. But, you know, that dude. If you could go ahead and build a team, I would take him, you know, just the personalities in the dugout. I would take him, and I would have taken Caleb Tischler as my captains and and let them go there. I would Listen, some of the guys are the most irritating or the funniest, you know. Daniel Bagwell was that way too. Yes. Bagwell, Bagwell was like, oh, geez, man. He was great. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, they're, they're yeah. you know, sometimes you're just like, geez, come on, dude. Dude, how many times are you going to ask me to hit when you don't <laughs> even hit? And I, dude, I'm going to drop a bomb. I'm going to drop a bomb. Okay. Put him up there, three swings. See you later. Sitting yeah, next that, to me like yeah. that. You know, I said I loved POs being around. Yeah. I loved Daniel Bagwell yeah. being around, but it was tough because he would be there for every single game and yeah. he'd be asking to get a oh, yeah. bat every single time. With like, a smile on his face. Like, you feel bad if you say no. Yeah, yeah like, no, no, no you, you, you can't do and it. Then, and then you throw the kid in that bat and he hits a double and you're like, damn. Now, Tishler did that to us, man. <laughs> Tishler did that to me. Like, you know, and then and then, his, and then his granddad, Bill, was like, well, you know he's hitting 500, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. But then you put him on the base pass to run because you need a pinch runner, and you're like, oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you, you got to scream across the field, do not get picked off next play, picked off, back picked. Um, yeah, but so, but overall, I mean, you saw some interesting things. We brought it up a little bit last week on the, uh, on the, on the podcast about at younger ages, coaches trying to relay pitches to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're like. They're, they're trying to, they, they're sending in signs. I mean, I've seen several of them. And I mean, I, like if, if you're dealing with, you know, 11, 12, 13 year old kids or whatever, yeah. and you're sitting back there 
as a coach relaying in signs, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? You know, if the kid on second base is like sliding his hand out or something like that, and it's like a right, player this player is a thing, you can figure that. Like, yeah, all right, you know, yeah. I, mean, I kind of get that, but I mean, these guys, you know, how they're supposed to be a coach's box. There's right. usually never a coach's box. Right. I mean, these guys will go over and stand on first base and look in to try to get your yeah. signs, and then they think they're clever. Oh, come on, two seven. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, they're doing the number system. Hey, yeah. stay back, sixteen. Stay yeah. back, sixteen. Last like, name, yeah. number. Let's go. Jump yeah. on it, Brian. Jump yeah. on it, Brian. It's like, okay, fastball's that. This is breaking ball. This is it's like, jeez, guys. Like, it, yeah. like to me, if you're if you're if you're with this super developmental ages, 10, 11, 12, 13, you know, you're talking about younger kids. Your responsibility is actually to tell the other coach that I can see his signs. Yeah. You know, you, you should probably, you know, work with him a little bit on yeah. that. Because it's not like, you know, it's not like there's some elaborate system that they've got developed in the major leagues where they're, right. you know, they got a way to, to make sure a guy knows a breaking ball is coming right. from second base and stuff like that. But I mean, these guys are literally just being dirtbags. So what I do with, I, with, with my guys, I don't ask them the relay signs I, because I really, that to me does no good for the hitter, right? You got, you got to start to learn to look and do certain things. But what I want my guys to do at second base is to watch the signs, pick up the signs, and if it's off-speed stuff, then we're going to steal a base. Yes, yes. Then we're going to steal a bag. You know, you know if but, that guy on first base isn't, isn't hiding the signs and yeah. you know a breaking ball's coming, man, let's Sure, let's go. absolutely. I mean, like I ask them all the time, let's like, go. okay, do you, is it first sign, second sign, whatever? Some of these catches, like, it's just putting down one sign. I'm like, dude, you got it. We're going to, you know, we'll take it. And if you get thrown out, that's on me because I, I allowed you to, you know, to, to, pick and, to pick and choose that. But No, I mean, that's part of the gamesmanship part. But, I mean, you know trying to as a coaching staff coming in working you know working with a, a system to try to s steal the signs i mean that's just yeah. it's like yeah oh that coach is brilliant man, oh, man. he's brilliant he's he really their signs it's like i'm literally giving the sign on the bucket of the pitch we're sitting yeah. in like i don't yeah that's what i do i just i'm like this i'm i'm, I'm straight up one two change up i don't know i'm not that you know, I don't if you can't adjust, yeah. If you can't adjust yeah. these pitches as a hitter, I mean, that's yeah. not helping right. your hitter out. If you if it's just fastball, 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 it's yeah. like okay, you can hit a fastball, but it's not realistic. You know, yeah. that's not helping you to develop as a hitter. Recognize pitches. You know. Yeah. So yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, I, look, there, there are organizations out there that that I really enjoy playing because they are well coached. They're well, you know. I mean, I on deck. I love playing on deck. I really do. They're competitive. They're good people. You know. You know, we all want to win. We want to beat each other in that scenario. And, uh, but they're always, you know, they have two strike approaches. They're fundamental. They have, you know, they, they, they know where to be on the field. Bankheads groups the same way up at, uh, you know, I, I, um, I mean, those, those, those are good games. Those are fun games, you know, and those are, those are competitive games because again, we know everybody, right. We know those guys and, and you know, they're going to do it right. You know, whether yeah. they, you get them or they get you. Right. Like, right. You, you know, shake hands after right it's right. like, man, that sucks. You got me or whatever. Uh, we had we had a great game against on deck um, two weeks ago. It's great if we win. It's a decent if we don't win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't think we ever not want to win, but yeah, it's. Uh, no, I mean that's how you classify it. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was a good game, guys. Good game, but um, you know we have the other thing that I, we we try to. I'm not a big like let's go out and stretch as a team. Let's go do this. You know, I, I want to teach these kids to be responsible for themselves and understand. You know and tell them all the time we're going to treat you like a pro right which means you go out before the game and you get yourself ready to play this game you know just show up and you don't just go you know you you find out what you are you know what you need to do your your prep and and do it and then we're ready to go but as soon as that as soon as they start goofing off with that which the kids mm -hmm. they're gonna do yeah. you know um it's, and know. it's just finding those those one or two kids that kind of will lead the charge and make sure that yeah. you know there's you know you want to there has to be you have to develop some structure for them you know this is hey here's the idea right and then once once they kind of get the structure down or whatever it's like they, you should be able a ten year old team you should yeah. be able to say here's 10, 15 minutes ago do your stretch your your plyometric warm up and and your and your long toss pet peeves for players on your team like what's a, what's something that would just drive you nuts that they do consistently. Um, they always worry about their stupid bats. Oh, this one's dead. This one's dead. Uh, it's like, dude, you just hit that off the end. It's not dead. You just <laughs> took a garbage swing. Yeah. You know, or you just swung at a breaking ball right. that was in the dirt. Uh, and you hit it, you know, you jammed yourself. You got long, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, this bat, this bat, this bat. They think it's a bat. It's like, and there may be a micro fra fractional difference between one of these bats that are in here. All right. But if the cup is on the end and it's not moving, it ain't the bat. It's not the bat. It's a, 
it's the Indian. It's not the arrow. Yeah, mine is uh, mine is um, hitters getting on deck and not watching the guy warm up. You know, I mean, I it, uh, Jeffrey Leonard, and I and I, I mean, I, I knew it and I did it. You know, coming through the minor leagues and stuff like that. When I got to the big leagues, um, I saw more of the, the, the focus of the hitter on deck, but I also saw more of the focus of the hitter in the dugout. So Jeffrey Leonard was one that, you know, was just like, if, you, if you're not paying attention now, you know, you're going to be beat, especially at that level. Edgar Martinez was unbelievable because Edgar Martinez could tell me what I was going to get. He would watch every single hitter and every single, and his, his brain was like a computer. Wasn't the best athlete on the field. It was just a great hitter. Could do nothing else. Couldn't run, couldn't really feel, couldn't throw. But the guy obviously could, could hit. But he went up there with information. You know, so I, even in the beginning of the game, right, guys are on deck and everybody's, hey, chirping, hey, the game's getting started. They're all excited. This guy's throwing seven pitches. You haven't even seen this guy in your life. And you have no idea when you go step in the box what he's going to throw you or what he can throw you or if he's throwing any pitches in his warm-ups for strikes. And those other questions, like, what do you throw for strikes? Did the guy throw a breaking ball? Did he throw any change-ups? No, 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 no. And then in between innings, you know, you go back, you go back in, and it's like, how many times did he pick off the first? Zero. How many times did he pick off the first in this game? Zero. You know, then, you know, learn from yeah, that. I mean, that, that that covers that really, I mean, the hitting was the your, your vessel there, but it's it goes for all parts. You mentioned base running right there. Def, defenders. You know, the second time you've seen this kid come up and last yeah. time he was late on every single fastball and you're still standing out there in yeah. straightaway center yeah. field. You make no adjustment. You know, or you're still standing, yeah. you're, you're still straight up here. Yeah. You're it's like, man, you know, read the swing, you know, you can read the swing in the first at bat a lot of times. And that's all the information you have. If they yank one after you saw him late on a pitch, it yeah. is what it is, but you don't see, you don't see these kids like reacting to what they're seeing a lot of times. Yeah. And when you do, it's like, you just want to go out there and hug the kid. You're like, Oh, yeah. did you see that kid just move the left fielder with mm. him. Oh man. Oh, middle, middle, middle infielders looking at signs too. You know what I mean? So you got a guy that's late on the fastball, obviously, you know, if you throw a breaking ball, it's going to be, it'd be a pull. And, and, and you got a guy on first base and you're, you know, we used to do open mouth, closed mouth, right? You know, open mouth, you, closed mouth, me. And one guy would make the call, um, usually the shortstop. And then, but you would adjust off the pitch, right? Okay, here's a breaking ball. It's a pull situation. I'm going to take a half step over. You have the steal. Now it's just like, I got steal. I got steel. Oh, it drives me nuts when they yell it from the dugout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, and I, yeah. and I, you know, some of that's just, you know, me coaching my coaches, you yeah. know, guys that are helping me, but it's like, all right, we want to, let's get, uh, let's get the shortstop on this right here. And I'd be like, Jack, you got it. You got the throw. And yeah. like, no, don't tell yeah. that. Or you got, or you got to tell the pitcher, man on first base, less than two outs. Like, who do you have on the double play? Like turn around and he's pointing at the other guy and the other guy's standing out there looking at him. Like, or, no, like, Let's go. I, I, I love when they do this. When you tell me, know who you got at second base, and then and they just look at you and they nod yeah, their head. Yeah. It's like no point at them. Yeah, there's yeah. so many things they do. Wow, this is a, a tangent of a uh, something, a pet peeve. But when I see the kids after they walk, flip the bat, and it hits the grass. And it oh, it takes chunk. a chunk oh, out. I'm yeah. always. Yeah. <laughs> I know. See, it never used to think about that stuff, right? Never, I mean, all never. these all these fields that now. Get off the grass, man. You know, it's like all these amazing fields that we got to play on, all these beautiful stadiums, right? And you walk in, you go, wow, this is really nice. You never had any clue. Like, we're freaking out because we got the tarp down right now. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like, holy cow, it's been on for hours. We need to get that tarp off, you know? Um, you never even thought about that, yeah. you know? Or, you, you know, how, how, how is this field not have lips and other fields have lips? Mm -hmm. You know, it's... Uh, it's a whole, di whole different environment, whole different world. But my pet peeves would depend on the age. Younger guys, I remember when I started coaching, coach with you and it was with Ray. We were the Marini Stars, and once you guys kind of kind of handed me off the team, I was like, you know, what do I want to really focus on? And first tournament, I would count up how many mental errors we had, and then we would go through those in practice. And then I would say, okay, we want five less mental errors. So each tournament, you hopefully right? get better. So that, that was one of mine. So if they keep making the same mental errors, that's when I would get irritated. Like we keep working on this and you keep you keep screwing up. Physical errors, I don't care. I yeah, we spend we spend you're right, Andrew. We, we we spend too much time. I mean, you have to go through the fundamental stuff, right? You got to build the basics of a hitter and of a hitter, of a guy throwing a baseball, all the mechanics and stuff like that. You have to do that. But the younger ages need to be heavily put into situational baseball and understand how the game is played because you can compete especially at the younger ages, right? 
when you're doing the right things on the field, you're in the right place. You're throwing the ball to the right, to the right bag on a cutoff. You're doing certain things like that. You're working on your pickups or your PFPs and things like that. How many younger teams work on PFPs? You guys do well, you know, different story. I mean, you're coming in as a different level coach. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, that is, we, we, we got in trouble, you know, a couple of weeks ago because ground ball first baseman had to leave the bag. A second baseman probably could have made the play. First baseman got to it, turned to flip, didn't, didn't step off the dirt. You know, I mean, it has to become automatic reactionary, right? Ball on that side. I don't care. Whatever. That's your first, Mm -hmm. that's your, that's your first inclination is to, is, is to go that way. So that, you know, there's, there's so many, so many different things. The other piece that doesn't get enough attention, um, well, two positions that don't get enough attention in practice because we don't have much time anyway is, is usually catchers, right? Catchers, it's all, you know, it's, it's what they can get out of a pen or what they can get in game scenarios, but there's not a whole bunch of repetition no, work. Well, and for hard. and first basemen just take throws, more or less, you know. It's hard to get the catchers the time because, first of all, I mean, you know, I'm not an expert in the position. I mean, I right. know what it should look right. like, but I don't know. Right. I don't know how to teach the fundamentals of it. And then it's just, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, when you're sitting there and you got 12 or 13 or 14 or 15 guys to go and like make everything about two guys right. too, you know what I mean? Sure. You're trying to do what's best for the whole. Yeah. Uh, and that's where, you know, catching well, is, a, is a position. You should have a catching coach. Mm-hmm. You know, you should absolutely have a catching coach. If but they're not a lot of good. They're not a lot, not a lot of them out there. No, there's not. You know. they're, t- they're tough to get to. But I mean, if yeah. you re- really are serious about that position, that's a position that. Well, you- we got one coming. Yeah, I mean, we'll, you know, I mean, yeah. there's a place. There are places yeah. to get them, but that's that's an easily and we'll have one, we'll have one with the academy. We'll have one in the winter workouts. We'll have you know that's, uh, um, you know that's that's a, you know the framing part of it and things like that. I mean that that's taught stuff, right? I mean because you see guys like catching, snatching it into the zone, or you know they they don't know or. Um, they're just not soft ground up, you know. Mm-hmm. They're not coming up into up into the zone. So or you punch, see, or they punch at everything, or they, or, or they of, punch, of, right? Of, you know, receiving. I mean, instead it's, of receiving, right? It used it used to be a, a position years and years and years ago where you just put the biggest, heaviest dude back there, and you know, mm-hmm. you're a catcher and you squat here, and big dude with the good yeah. Arm. And now it's you know, now it's a different, it's a different. Um, well, I mean, like the Astros, I mean, you know, when when the games are on the line, they, I mean, they've got the old vet back there, sure, now, and they're, yeah. they're not going with the younger guys, right? Like the vet because. That position is way more important than the offensive output. Yeah, and it's just you know reps reps for catchers are blocks, man. I mean you get you get a lot of blocks during a game, mm-hmm. but you don't get the reps off the field that often with uh, you know mastering that position, and that's huge because you know as a pitcher you want to be comfortable throwing a ball down in the dirt to get a, a chase pitch, right? Mm-hmm. That may, that may, that may get to the bottom of the zone and make it below it and, and be in the dirt or whatever. And you want that guy to be able to just, you, know. you don't want to think I got to be careful with this pitch because right. this guy doesn't yeah. block. You don't even want that to step into the pitcher's mind. It's like, we're calling this pitch. and Yeah. You're trying to get too fine. And that's when you make your mistakes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. So that, you know, those, those, those two positions and obviously, you know, I mean, outfielders can take fly balls all day, but those, those things that, you know, we were growing up, we used to play catches fly up. I don't know if you played that, you know, as a kid. So, you know, we had a bunch of guys and we had a, a bat and so you throw the ball in the air. And if you, you know, you, you know, you hit a fly ball, if the guy caught it, you're out, he comes in. And, uh, what, you know, with that thought is a lot of things, people got aggressive. If you watch, if you watch in BP, right. And you put pitchers out there to run around with, with, and they're all over the place, right. They're, they're being aggressive going after, going after the balls, but then you put these kids in, in a game scenario and they're not as aggressive going after the ball as you want them to be, especially younger guys, right. Younger guys. And, and definitely when they go from the small field to the big field, right. They make that. And all of a sudden they have all this real estate to cover out there. And you know, what used to be pretty close to them and the guy next to them could get to them if they don't, now it's now now there's a lot of real estate between people and they're not not as aggressive. I hate the format of these showcase things. So I mean, I, I was thinking about this last night for stupid reasons. I don't even know why, but you know, these people are spending all this money to go to all these big camps, right? And the outfielder gets to throw four balls, you know, and half the time, you know, two ground balls, maybe two fly balls, you know, and that's what they get. Okay, and then the shortstop gets five ground balls, and the catcher gets to throw three balls down down to second, and you are trying to create evaluations on these guys, and you're trying to determine if this is somebody that may fit in my program and not fit in my program, and then you end up having to 
yeah, we, we like it. We got to go see them. But how many guys do you say, I like, we got to go see? And how many guys do you actually get to go see? Not enough. Not enough. Yep. Not enough. So, you know, there's the, you know, we do that with, you know, with the HBCU that we do here. We, we minimize it to 75 guys, right? We go through our, we go through our pro style workout. And then we have this, the simulated game scenario where you hope that they get, they get reps in between, but even that scenario may not even work. It, you know, I, there, there should be a premium on price. Cause you gotta, you, you know, what people don't have to know is, you know, college coaches don't show up to these events for free, right? It's uh, they, they need to be paid. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that they, that they, they're asking to be paid. They need to be paid because they're not making any money with what they do. So you minimize the number of players that come in and say, okay, my camp is 50 and I'm going to take X amount of infielders, X amount of outfielders. You still got to pay for the same amount of college coaches there that you want, right? You got to have those college coaches there. You still got to pay the same amount of money for the facility that you're leasing Mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever else is out there, the coaches that are helping you work the work it, but providing more, more reps, more, more scenarios. You can even create scenarios for them. It's like, okay, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a pro style workout or whatever, why not have a double cut? Mm-hmm. Why not see if they can run a tandem? Why not see if he can throw the ball from the outfield, you know, clean to a base and make a good throw, creating a different thing. So, you you know, you, you, you put a premium on that instead of, you know, it's, it's volume based. I mean, you look at showcase baseball and head first baseball, 250 players go in there for two days. They may, they get there, they get their pro style. They get their outfielders, get their four infielders, get their five catches, get their three. Okay. And they, then they play a simulated game of 250 guys, right? So you you got the morning game. You might get two ABs. You might walk twice, you know, and you're spending a thousand dollars to go do it, a grand to go do it. So do the math, $250,000 for two days. And they do it two days, two days, two days, and then they move on to the next. So it's all about, it's all about the cash. It's not about that. So now the college coaches go there because they get bigger money, right? They may get $800 to be there or they may get, you know, five hundred dollars, and they'll pay for their hotel room or something like that. But they get they get they get bigger money to be there. So it it, it just becomes a, you know, it just becomes a, a cash thing and not really a true evaluation thing. Now, I like the prospect camps with colleges, right? With colleges, like the one that I went up to with Gardner Webb was a college coaches camp. It was horrible. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I I'll tell you right now, it was horrible because those guys were just sitting there, not even paying attention to the kids. I mean, they really weren't paying attention to the kids. They were over there kind of socializing with each other, do whatever. They were just trying to get through the process. And they move it around, and there was 200 kids there. It was crazy, you know, and they're moving them through these stupid little stations. Mm-hmm. That So if you're moving them through all these different stations, and there is a station that is important, not all these coaches are getting to see these kids in these stations. So there's no true evaluation. There's no true evaluation busy, process. Man. Just moving them line to line. line exactly to line, right, line man. Line. That's Shuffling it. And then, you know, you get them there and you get them out of there and you get your payday. But the prospect camps, you know, legit prospect camps where they say, no, we're done. We, we're, we're cut off. We got the number that we want. You know, they've actually vetted these kids to a certain degree. Or they had people like ourselves that would call right. and say, listen, this kid can, you know, he, he can play there. And, and we vet them for them and they can, they can get there. And then. You know, now you got to pay attention because you got different levels. You got you got a lot of talent there, and you got to see. And then, if you have a lot of talent there, then all those coaches right there are all competing for X number of players, mm-hmm. right? We all like this kid, so everybody's making that phone call. But it's you know, you know, it, it, the, the power fives, the power five guys that recruit. That's a cakewalk to me. It really is. It's just, it's just the sales part. If the evaluation's easy, exactly. it's easy to see who's there. Now you just got to go be a salesman. 100%, right? Then you start to get into the mid-majors and a little bit lower, you know, lower D1s. Well, and then gotta, those guys have to start using imagination. To projectability. See, see this kid, yeah. this kid become, you know, what kind of kid, you know, his character and all this stuff really, really matter. And it's not that these other kids are bad character, but is this the kind of kid that's going to come in for a year and if it's hard, he's out? Or is, this right. kid, is he going to grind it out and yeah. be my... You know, right. Is this kid a true shortstop going forward or is this somebody we got to move to another level because he's athletic enough for us to move him to a different position. So now you start to pay attention a little bit more. And there, you know, there's, you know, there are, um, there's definitely coaches out there that get on it, you know, that, that, that truly pay attention. You see, they kind of separate from the pack and they go off and they watch and they, uh, you know, they, they, they do the right thing in terms of, 
understanding what their program is and what they need and what they can, you know, what they can, and if they can have time to develop the kid, right? right. The portal has crushed that part too. The portal has made it, you know, where do they go see all these portal guys? You know, that they go see, they, they spend more time in summer ball now than, than they do watching, you know, the high school player. And then when you do these big, these mass camps, you're not getting the head coaches or the number one recruiting guy. You know, you're getting the volley or you're getting somebody along the way that needs a little extra coin to get there. And what are they going back with? You know, unless they, unless you, somebody just really wowed them. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've seen that, you know, many times. I mean, you know, they wow them. It's, it's almost like it's like going to perfect game too, right? The most get, important thing they get most of the time is the contact list so that they can invite them. To that's all it is, camp. man. And then, you know, then we get all the emails, Hey, you know, I'm being recruited by this place and that place. And yeah. it's, and it's a stock letter. Absolutely. Um, and but, I mean, that's, you know, I don't blame anybody for building up their contact list and filling their camps up or whatever, but right. it's just, there's, there's got to be a better way to do it. There's got to be better ways to spend money on all this crap. You know, what's the easiest thing is just have really, really good players. You know, just get rid of all the crappy players and just only have good players. Yeah. If they, yeah, that means you got to, that means, that means you eliminate like 70% of the teams out there and right. just say, you know, and, and that's it. Or create just another league. I mean, that, that's it. I mean, you go play golf, right? you go play to your handicap if you're you know if you're playing in an event or whatever you go play to your handicap so you're going to go compete against your levels right where it's such a rogue thing and it's such a money thing that you're not always playing against your level right right so it's it it, it becomes uh it it just becomes useless almost yeah. you know you're not facing anything that's going to make you better or challenge you or, you know, the game's going to be over in three innings or four innings or five innings. It's uh, listen, we've all been run ruled, right? And and we've we actually probably been run ruled by teams that weren't as good as us. I mean, that's the nature of the game. You play enough games, it's going to happen. But you you know you st- you definitely want to step out there and and have the juices flowing and compete. You know, I mean, feel like I really have to compete and not watch a team warm up before the game and go, well, this one's over. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is not going to be good. This is not going to be fun, but you know, how, how, you know, we don't recruit, right. We, we, we've never recruited here. And I mean, I've, I've said this hundreds of times is, you know, we've never picked up the phone and said, you need to come over here and play for us because we do this. We do X, Y, Z. Now we may post things on social media, like our tryouts and, you know, well, here's yeah, where we are. And, you know, we have former major league guys in our organization and we got high level, you know, triple A pitchers. And, you know, I mean, we, we, you know, we have, we have, you know, people involved in USA baseball, you know, we, we have a different, uh, a different group involved in here. And to your point, John is like, you know, you want to be here, you come here, you know, you don't want to be here, then no big deal, man. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's, or it's almost like if we have to get rid of a family or something like that. And I say get rid of a family because that's usually we don't get rid of kids. We, you know, it's usually the family that that kind of makes that. But it's not difficult for us to do that, you know, because we're focused, you know, not on the volume, but on the, you know, on the productivity and, and the projectability of the kids and, the, and, you know, what's worked. And if there's something that doesn't work in the dugout, it doesn't work on the field with the team. Um, it certainly doesn't work behind the fence with with the family sitting up there and understanding what we're trying to do then it's, you know, it, it, it's peace out. It's, you know, it, it, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So be smirking. Yeah. Why? Peace out. <laughs> it's not really peace yeah. out. Is it? John and I have funny on our conversations yeah, like this. Yeah. Like, uh, you want to talk to him? No, you want to talk to him? You're no, okay. I, I guess I got this one. This one, I got this one. You got this one. And then we go to, then we go take care of it. But that, you know, that's the other point too. The, you know, the reality of, you know, this, this kid's in college right now. So that was that was an item. Um, th- there's kids in college right now that may not make it through the fall, right? Mm-hmm. That's the reality of it. Like you committed or you said, you know, I, I got a chance to be a, a walk-on or, you know, there's another kid that came out of nowhere that you might not make it through the fall, right? right? But you can make it through any season you want to if your check clears in a certain place. Mm-hmm. And then you're just going to play and you think it's, you know, so there's no, there's no, um, there's no, emphasis on you better produce like you were saying like you know we can develop you but you know you still got to develop yourself into a starting position you got to put yourself so but because it's a check everybody's well i'm expected to play x amount of innings entitlement entitlement right i I do all this i pay this i so my kid deserves this right 
you know, why, how, how can you, how can he not get enough? It's like, it's because it, I only am looking at production. Yeah. Like, it's right. How do they, how are they producing? You know, yeah, and I mean, obviously, there's a development aspect to that, you know, but I mean, if, if a kid's like, he's, you know, not hitting, a kid's not hitting, there's nothing I can listen. I mean, your whole life's been in this game. Yeah. Your whole life has been in this game. My whole life has been in is been in this. I had a period of time when I did other things business wise, but always in this game. And you got the guy that's a, a dentist coming up telling you, never played the game in his life. You know why his son should be playing. And that you know it's that. So you know I've gotten to the point where the phone rings or something happens. I'm extremely defensive right off the get go. I'm jaded. You know I'm ready to go. Like you know what see you later that's it and then you find out you know every now and then that one in a million it's like man i just want to say thank you <laughs> i'm like oh wait a minute call me off guard call me back call me back i had a good you know? time i had a really good time that thing. and thank yeah. you for including me no 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 yeah so it's only the gripes and it's you know i stroked a check or i put in this amount of time or this that or another it's like what's this what's it comes down to what they do on the field man if they can do it on the field they can do it on the field if they're you know, we can sit and we can practice all we want, but if we go out there and you're not producing, so, you're not producing. You're, you're talking about handicap. I'm talking about handicapping, right? And put it, when we have when we have the uh, West Side Story here, and we have the Title One schools predominantly, right? The Garringes, the, uh, Harding. the Hardings, the O'Berries, right? They don't have baseball players across the board. They may have one on the team, two on the team, whatever. They come out here and they compete their hearts out, man, and they have fun. Right, they're enjoying it because they're competing on their level. It's like going bowling. Like I'm not going to go bowl against a 300 bowler, you know. I make if I throw if I throw a 150, I'm like I'm jacked because no. I'm ripping it down as hard as I can. First of all, That's just, you know, especially and, if they got the little radar gun yeah. thing. You're like, how can yeah. I pass? I'll, I'll I'll bowl 150 on this lane and about 30 on that lane because the ball jumped over the lane. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so but there is no there is no. Here's another point, a really good point. I think I don't know if it was you who brought it up the other day, but. Um, they separate in brackets, right? So you, our top teams are in the bracket, and then you take the bronze level or whatever the, the next level stuff like that. And they didn't even win a game, and they're playing for a championship. So I mean, they so but you have, have been, so the right. My gripe is all of those teams shouldn't have been in the same grouping on Saturday. Exactly. That team needs to right. say we are not a team at yeah. this level. We are this level yeah. team. Uh, but you you just sign up and you are what you are. So you end up with this enormous discrepancy between the better teams and the and the and the yeah. crappier teams. And then you know you, you just beat up on this team whose kids are small or not developed yet or whatever the case. You know maybe somebody's just crappy. And, and then you then you can have a really on the other side have a have a pretty good team that goes zero and two two really good games and they're in the bronze bracket. And they yeah, they're in the bronze. It. They crush everybody else. Yeah. They just happen to have that. That bad day. It's funny, like when you go up to Cooperstown, or even when you go down to Perfect Game, right? You know that there's there's people out there to put the team together, and as they're flying in or driving in, they're thinking, "Man, could you imagine if we win this thing?" And then, <laughs> then they run into the Canes national team or something like that with you know guys that are six four throwing ninety. It's like, dude, you know, great different. money well spent. Way to go, yeah. you know. It's, uh, but yeah, you know, that's the other thing is dealing with families and dealing with parents and explaining it to them that you know. Those environments aren't for everybody. You don't have to go do that. And I really, you know, again, every, everything we do around here is territorial. And, you know, we've been around all these animals that have different organizations for a long time. And we all have our, our bones with, with everyone one way or another. But not to play something here in Charlotte with all the talent, with all the high-level teams that are here, and even coming out of Virginia, right? I mean, you could pull in here and you can do – you don't have to go to perfect game. Right. The only reason you go to a perfect game is because you think all these college coaches are there, which, you know, to a certain age group now, they're only they're only there. It's not when they were the whole juniors time. and seniors, juniors and seniors. Right. So, you know, so everybody goes down there thinking, if I don't go to perfect game, if, I, if we don't take our team down there, parents won't, you know, they won't let their kids play for them. You know, you hear that all the time. It has to be these things have to be on their schedule for somebody to consider. I'm dealing to play with for. it with our with our 13 year old team. That's amazing. You know, I mean, these like like the, you have to go play these like monster tournaments. You know, in some parents' minds, uh, because this 13 year world series matters. This right. this is this is what it's all about. Right. And it's like, I mean, we're playing for four years down the line. We're yeah. being recruited. That's what we're playing yeah. for here. You know, this is this. But there's players that won't play. 
they're going to yeah. go they're going to go find a team that's going to go do those things so you sure. see teams that go chase these different right. events all over the country and it's like well, and then and then the parent wants to complain about how much money it costs or how come they got to drive 50 miles in between games and stuff like that it's like you know you, we've been doing this long enough to give you the whole scenario yeah you know but it, you know people don't want to hear it they, they feel like they they have to jump now I, I i'll tell you this if if they're going to go down to um the underclass and they're a pitcher or something like that or somebody's on them or likes them then you know we're good at that i mean sure well we, we're good at that guarded right so you know the uh i mean i wouldn't just send them with any random team well, but if you know if we, somebody we, we know once yeah take that happened down. that happened to us when we did with uh team georgia and we sent kids down with mccraney and he was recruiting while i'm sitting on the bench and then you know and mm-hmm. then we you know it's 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 garbage like that you know it's like you got to be kidding me man you know, if, if if like Donald Bennett, Donald Bennett can have any one of our kids. Mm-hmm. Amp can have any one of our kids, right? To go down there, um, um, you know, if the Hills called and said, "What are you going to do?" You know, on day we need another arm. Here. We need another arm. We need another player. Absolutely, Bankhead called and said, "You know, you're going to go because you know what? Again, uh, I'm not going to. If we're asking for a player or a place, uh, we need a player for the weekend. You got one. I'm not going to sit in the dugout like, why are you playing over there? You know, it's like, hey man, let me have my uniform back when you're done. Thank you. You know, see you later." And uh, and you go from there, but it's we're extremely territorial, and we've tried to do something here on a, on a bigger extent, but uh, for some reason, you know, I mean, listen, you're connected with Wow Factor to a degree now. I mean, I think those guys are good people, right? I mean, that that would be a good group. Obviously, on deck would be a good group. I think uh, Bankhead would. I, I like the one offs. I don't like the I don't like the big brands to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're gonna you're gonna sit there and tell me you got 175 teams yeah yeah wow two million two yeah. million major league players have played for us yeah two million that's right <laughs> that's right you know they showed up they guess played and it's on their website yeah oh yeah 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 we helped this guy get there but, this is on us you know so but that's something you know with the facility here i mean we really shouldn't have like i like i like going to um prospect select i like the black bear mm-hmm. i mean that's uh you know that, that's a fun tournament some good teams and some good teams that come out of the north for that too um we won it one year which was pretty cool um but i'm not i'm not you know there's a lot of good events out there and things like that but they don't all make sense for everybody i mean most of it is just the you know the the big marketing machine right you know it creates the the fear these kids are afraid of missing out or they want to be a part of this thing or whatever and it's all it's all just it's all just a it's It's, just theater there's nothing there's nothing behind it it doesn't increase your your ability it doesn't increase where you're going to be at two years and three years and four years especially you knuckleheads that are 11 and 12 and 13 years old that there's that six foot three inch kid and then you're like just a good clean yeah you're that young you better be with a team that's practicing every week and knows what they're doing when Mm -hmm. they're practicing and getting about it here's here's my, my my last in the fall right three games in the fall high school level that's great it's unbelievable mm-hmm. right so i you know i mean you drive like we've, we've driven down to wilmington we've driven i mean we've we put miles right put families in hotels for two nights and all that other stuff and you're playing three games and then we get rained out on saturday and we play one game you know that that doesn't that doesn't work because we're laying out arms right you got mm-hmm. certain x amount of arms for the you know i want a kid to throw at least three or four innings and that we can cut them off there and then the next guy comes in and throws three or throws three and a half whatever so you start to lay out your you know so that that's realistically with only three that's six arms is you're carrying eight to ten arms sometimes yeah. and you know and when you have good arms that are going to be out there for their three or four innings then you don't get to that back end those or back you end guys goes out there and throws 25 pitches in three innings and you're like i can't even keep pitching you right now because i gotta cycle through these other arms yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. If, if they, once they, i mean romero was throwing a no hitter i had to walk out i'm like i i know but if i don't get if i don't get brody his innings this week he's not he hasn't pitched in three weeks you know i got to put him on the mound so you know i know you were throwing a no hitter but <laughs> i gotta hook you man yeah i gotta hook you but yeah, we so, had that happen this weekend. We were playing, it was just shotgun games on Sunday. It was like yeah. hour 20 games. This team got a, a big first inning against us, whatever. And yeah. they absolutely jammed on the brakes. Yeah. They came out and did a shoe change on the mound to kill time. To, to oh, get it to my the hour God. 20. So we played that, three yeah. innings on defense. Yeah. All right. So if you're only going to play three innings on the weekend, then there shouldn't be a clock. Well, no, I mean because of the, yeah, because yeah. of the clock, we only got yeah. three innings. We had two games that were guaranteed in our, yeah. in our second game. You know, it was fine. We, 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 they got they got some runs in the first inning. I mean, they hit the ball. They did whatever. And then, I mean, we were you know, 
Mm-hmm. Like in that scenario, you should be trying to get as many innings as you can. Yeah. They were trying to stop the game. I mean, there's nobody on in the last oh inning gosh. and they, they, they know we're on the clock. Yeah. And he's having the kids sit out and he's going through signs oh, with nobody on base. Because <laughs> he wants a ring. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He wants a ring. Yeah. But, well, we appreciate everybody, man. It's another one. Hey, I want to thank um, Advocacy Baseball. Dot com. That's a, that's a recruiting service that we we started. Um, Architect Sports, unbelievable, always there for us. And uh, Ali Faba, the stretch lady, Faba. she's amazing. You know, all the guys. We got so many guys that go over to her, and it's it's not just going through the stretch lab. It is, it's it. She's she's super. And then uh, it looks like we're going to jump on with. Uh, I had a conversation today with Valley Gloves, and Valley Gloves is going to jump in and uh, do some things with us on the on the podcast here. So we got all that going. Um, we have we have the gala November third. Sold that out two weeks I ago. Got a shout out pristine auction. They've sent us a lot of stuff. Pristine auction. They're, they're sending us a um, a signed pylon by a Hall of Famer. I don't know who it is, but he said it would be a surprise. Stuff County Hall of Fame or Patrick Mefford Hall of Fame. NFL Hall of Fame. Oh, not not the one I'm in. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that'd be funny, John. If you and I put some items up there, yeah, I think. Hall of Fame. <laughs> If we threw some items up there, signed John Ennis and Jeff Schaefer. Yeah. yeah, that's the check that they get signed when we're giving them back their money because yep. we don't want them <laughs> organization anywhere. Um, we have the gala. We got Royals tryouts coming out November second. So Royals is uh, two things on that. So right now we we've done what four years, four and a half, five years now. Well, they've been around for a lot longer than that. We've been doing it yeah. since twenty eighteen. Jeez, so twenty eighteen, man. So we've been an alternative school program. Basically, you can go to your high school. And you can come play for us, uh, full high school season. Yeah. You can go. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you could come in. You could yeah. be traditionally homeschooled. You could be. Uh, di- you could be an online learner. You could be at a school, a charter school that doesn't have sports programs. Yeah. You could just not like your high school coach. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can come and try out uh, and play a, a pretty close to a regular school schedule. Yep, we have. Uh, we've had some pretty good talent along the way. Mm-hmm. Ray Torres has been here. You know, drafted. You know, we. Uh, I mean, we can go down a list of guys. Um, you know, that have played uh, with the Royals. We just um, – uh, UNC commit, and, uh, and Matt McKnight is coming over to, uh, to play with us. Um, different different scenario, but we are moving into an academy program, which means we will, in the fall, start working out in the mornings from basically 8 to 12, and then, uh, you know, it'll be a, there'll be a, a virtual education that'll be – on them to, to take care of, but they can, they can do their work here or, uh, you know, we'll have a monitor here with them and, uh, you know, we will, we'll train them basically four, sometimes five times a week. We'll play, uh, in the fall, we'll play, uh, we're ready to set up some things with, um, some community colleges. So they'll, uh, you know, they get an exposure and then obviously, in, you know, the following spring will be, we'll be full bore. And, um, that's what we're going to be doing with that, with that group. Excited, John. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I just like you keep putting more stuff on my plate, man. I'm nah. just trying to change the trash can miners, man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So we have that, and then November seventh, we have our CBC our CBC tryouts, and so you you know for everybody that understands, we've been around going on eighteen years now. Um, we are one team per age group. We don't we don't have one hundred and seventy five teams across. You know, we know the names of everybody in our organization, and uh, you know, again, we. We're a developmental organization, but we want to win. Sure. You know, it's not like we're just taking just to develop and, you know, we go out there and uh, you better take with your developing and apply it so we can, uh, we can put up some dubs, but, um, but that was, uh, that was good. Enjoyed it guys again. And um, next Friday is nothing. It's the next Friday, Friday after Friday. the Friday after yeah. that. We probably won't have time because we got the, no yeah, with the gala set up, we may try to throw something in midweek, whatever. But uh, we appreciate everybody that listens, and, um, you know, uh, we'll see you next week. So peace Thank out. You. Can I say peace, peace yeah, out to this one? Peace out to this one.